Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Uh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is AfterBuzz TV, and we are coming to you live all across the globe, and have we got a show for you. But before I introduce my amazing guest, the person I'm incredibly excited to chat with, let me first introduce the co-host with me here today. He is the host of the After Buzz TV Raw After Show. His name is Flobo Boys. Flobo, thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for the invite. Monday Night Raw and NXT exclusively at After Buzz TV Wrestling and Sports. And I am your host, Jack Farmer, but you guys aren't here to listen to me talk. You're here to listen to the special guests. Ladies and gentlemen, he's the host of the brand. He's the face of Roasters. He's a former WCW world champion, creative writer for pro wrestling at WWE, WCW, TNA. And of course, my favorite part, he's a wrestling pundit. Ladies and gentlemen, let's hear it for Vince Russo. How you doing, Vince? Bro, I'm doing okay, but if I knew I was going to be interviewed by Conan O'Brien and Ron Harper, bro, I would have wore a suit to this thing to crying out loud. He is fancy. He Come is on fancy. now. You guys got to smart me up. <laughs> I wanted the natural, Vince. I wanted you in your natural habitat. We wanted to see how you're living in quarantine. Yeah, uh, I mean, I would have been under pressure if I knew Conan and Ron and <laughs> well, welcome, guys. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Oh, man. Well, well, high praise with uh, with those two references. So we'll try to live up to it. But I, I got, I just got to start, man. I got to be honest with you, Vince. You, you're someone who I think has kind of lived the dream that a lot of us would love to live. I mean, you started by hosting a radio show, and, and for folks who are younger, a radio show is, is was like podcasts back in the day, but uh, on the radio. Uh, and you sort of parlayed that into into getting to be uh, a writer for one of the big wrestling companies, WWE. You you parlayed that into being in creative. I mean, I think if if there was a template for like a career mode video game of wrestling punditry, it'd be based on you, man. You did it all. Uh, just glad to have you here. Well, bro, listen, I got to be honest with you because I have made a reputation of being honest and I hate for the black cloud to come over our (laughs) heads early on. But bro, listen, I I could tell you on my experience, it was it was far from a dream. I mean, it was I don't want to say it was a nightmare because I'm not going to go to that other extent. But um, I, I wish it was a dream. I, I, I wish it was everything that I thought it would be, you know, growing up as a kid and growing up as a teenager. Um, I really wish it was. But, you know, if I'm going to be honest, it, it, it was not that. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I look back now, bro, and, and I'll be honest with you again, 
if I had to do it all over again, I would not, I would not have gotten into wrestling. I just, I, I wouldn't have done it. I mean, I know you guys do your shows and you love the business and you love wrestling. And I have all the respect in the world for that. But, you know, once you're in it, you know, th th there's just an underbelly that's not all, you know, unicorns and rainbows. <laughs> well, well, you know, it's that, that's never fun to hear, but it's also good to hear. That's what makes makes you such a good host is you're honest about this stuff. And, yeah, and most you know people what, think a, we're a just going to hear that. A lot of people don't want to hear that. And I mean, there, there are so many people that say to me, you know, Vince, how could I get in the business? How could I be a writer? How could I do this? How could I do that? And I cannot tell them with good, in, I can't give them advice with good intention. And yeah. a lot of times I tell those people, if you want advice from me, I would not get into the business. And, you know, that, you know, I know at times that, that you know, that maybe makes me look like a dick, but <laughs> I'm, I'm just being honest, man. I like, I wouldn't do it again. Well, well let me, let me ask you this, Vince. Is it, when you say something like that, is it because just inherently what the business is? Is it the people related to the business? Is it just the fact that at the end of the day, you're, it's, you're still selling things and sales and sales and sales? Like what aspect of it makes it that you wouldn't want to be able to want to come politics, back? Politics, man, the politics, the, the, the politics are disgusting. Um, and, and listen, you got to understand something, you know, because of, of course, when I say that you want to think. There are politics in every job. There are, but I've worked other jobs. I, I worked for CBS. The politics in wrestling was something that I've never, ever experienced anywhere else uh, in, in my existence. It's, there's just a level of politics that just make it not fun. Um, and, um, you know, like anything else, you get into something for the love of it. Mm -hmm. And then it turns into a job because, you know, you get into it because you love it and the innocence of it and the excitement of it. And unfortunately that, that all gets taken away and it, it really just becomes a job like any other job. So, so it's interesting. Now we, we live in a world where now there's a, there's more options than ever before with wrestling. And we talk about the politics and I know AW presents himself as a company that is uh, different and doing things in a more positive and happy way. Do you think that we live in a world now where maybe that's not the case as much anymore? Do you think it's politics are likely more rampant than ever in, in wrestling? Listen, I, I, you know, again, I don't want to, um, I don't want to criticize AEW, but a couple of things. Number one, the wrestling business is the wrestling business, okay? Number two, we know that company stems from, you know, they're all friends of friends of friends. That's politics. You know, not, not, not hiring the best people, but hiring your friends, and this friend is a friend of that friend. That's politics. I, I mean, you may call it something else, but at the end of the day, that's politics. I mean, with, with a professional eye, I look at AEW. To me, there are some people on that show that are not stars. 
They're never going to be stars. They don't have star quality. They don't have the it factor. And they're on the show because of who they know. That's politics, man. So you're talking yeah. about star power and what, what consider star power is. And I know there's a lot of the things, the character level and the ability level. I mean, do you have an eye for that even back then when you're first starting out on the Raw magazine? Oh, yeah, or there, there, yeah there, there, there is an it factor. Like as soon as I looked at somebody, as soon as I had a conversation with them, like, you know, I, I'm not going to speak for anybody else. I knew, like, I knew immediately either this guy has it or, the, or, or this guy don't. And, you know, bro, for those that had it, I, I was there for them. You know, they, they were like wild horses that just ran. And my role would be there for them to come to me when needed. Those that didn't have it, bro, it was always like just an uphill battle because you always knew in the back of your mind, bro, this guy's never going to get over. Like you, you just knew it. So, I mean, yeah, that, that was one thing about me, man, where like I, I just I knew it, man. I, I knew immediately they're either going to be huge or like this is just going to be a struggle. Anyone surprise you? Anyone's like, he's I, oh my gosh, he got over. How? You know what, bro? Not really. Like, I'll be honest with you. Not really. I was never really surprised by, by, by somebody that got over. I, I mean, I really wasn't because, bro, I'm telling you, there really is such a thing as that it factor. It, 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 it exists. Uh, no question about it, bro. I, I, I go back to this all the time because I've never experienced this before or after in my life. Bro, I remember the very first time Vince McMahon walked into the same room I was in. And bro, I was not like this Vince McMahon mark. Like it wasn't like freaking Rihanna was walking in. You know, Vince McMahon walked into a room and guys like I, I literally never before or since have I felt the presence of somebody. And, you know, you guys know, like during my WWF run in WCW, I work with a lot of celebrities, a lot of them. But never, mm -hmm. never did I ever experience that again, where like somebody walked into a room. And without saying a word, like that room just changed, bro. There's a lot. There's a lot to the it factor. So let me let me ask you this, because I've always wondered this. Uh, what's more important, as you're you being one of the writers before, is the writer more important, or is the wrestler more important uh, in telling stories? That could have, if you had the best writer with an average wrestler, can they make that average wrestler great, or do you need a star? regardless of how good the writer Bro, is. That's a great question because you need both. Uh, and I'll tell you why you need both. You absolutely positively, without a doubt, need a great performer. You need a great performer. But why the writer is so important, bro, is when you got somebody at like a rock level or you got something at a, 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 like at an Austin level, bro, you've got to write at their level. 
you you can't bring them down. You've got to continue to bring them up. And when you have guys, you know, you know, bro, Mick Foley and Taker and Shawn Michaels, and you know, when you've got guys like this that are great performers, bro, you know when you're writing for them, you you can't hand them shit when they walk in the building. Like you've got to, I've got to give Austin writing that's as great as his performance is going to be. Otherwise, you're going to have a Bray Wyatt. You, you mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? The problem with a guy like a Bray Wyatt, bro, is this guy is so great and so incredible, they can't write up to his level. So what do they do? They wind up pulling him down, pulling him down, pulling him down. Bro, a good writer is not going to do that. And, you know, again, bro, look at look at shows like Seinfeld. You know, bro, those writers and those characters every week were great. So it's really um, it's really a combination of both. So uh, just to clarify for those people who love the craft of writing or may not be familiar with wrestling, what do you mean by bringing down? Like, what does that mean for someone who has to like write for a character or for an actor to play? How can they draw that? The script sucks, bro. Straight up. (laughs) The script sucks. It means what the character is saying sucks. It means if you know that character inside out, like that character would not be saying that. Um, and and you know, bro. Like I, I mean, bro. I, I I'm watching Drew Drew McIntyre this past week. You do an after show, bro. I love Drew. I've yeah. had Drew on my show. I'm a, I'm a big Drew fan, bro. When I'm sitting here watching Drew cut that promo, I'm I'm I, I I'm watching it and I'm like, he doesn't know who he is. He's trying to be funny. He's tr- he, he, then he's serious. It's not coming across genuine. So that's telling me the writer has not tapped into who Drew McIntyre is. And that promo is coming across as very um, non-sincere and it's hurting his character. And I, I can see that just by looking at it that, Bro, that's that's not who he is. That's not what he would say. This is coming across very, very forced. You see it, man. When you 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 know it, something's off and something's not right. What at what at what point does it become Drew McIntyre in this example? Drew McIntyre's job to go to them and say, "Look, we got to make this better." Is it? As an employee of the WWE, is it, does he need to just sit back and say, yes, sir, no problem? Or does he need to say, look, guys, I'm lost. You need to do something. Or does he need to right, write his gotta, own he, He's got to stand up for his character. You know, Drew, Drew McIntyre's brand only belongs to Drew McIntyre. There, there's going to come a point when Drew McIntyre is not working for the WWE. So Drew McIntyre is a brand. He's got to protect that brand if something isn't right if something doesn't feel right he has to say something the key is how does he say it guys i i had every wrestler not like something i wrote 
but bro, if you came at me with, oh, bro, this shit sucks. <laughs> we we ain't gonna have much of a of a conversation. But if you're coming to me like the the Rock did this all the time, Vince, I I read the script. I know what you're after. I like it. But if we did it this way, bro, 100% of the time I'm going with that. So it, it, it's, it's all about the approach. And that's why, you know, during my time, it was a team effort, bro. We, we, we wrote that television together. You know, Austin got the script way before TV. The, the guys would know the script before they got there. They would call me back. We would have conversations at television it was really a group effort, and that's why we got the best product back then. So when, when wrestlers stand up for themselves, uh, which they obviously have to do, does that, is that one of the reasons that politics is sort of built into pro wrestling? Because if I'm not being used well, it's, it's sort of on me to kind of throw someone under the bus to make sure I'm used in a way I like, right? I mean, in a, you know, maybe not throw under the bus, but you get what I'm saying. I, I well, sort bro, of need to... It's also the politics of the talent opening up his mouth because, you know, I mean, if I'm using this hypothetically, if Drew McIntyre doesn't like something Paul Heyman wrote and he approaches Paul Heyman, it depends on how Paul Heyman makes that. And bro, listen, I'm going to tell you, there are a lot of egomaniacs in the WWE and where I'm the kind of guy like, bro, I wrote this script, but I want this to be the best it can be. So I, I will listen to you. Give me your input, bro. There are a whole group of other guys that will say, how dare you don't like what I wrote? You know, the old who, who you who've you ever beat? How long have you been around? How, you know, so, yeah. so again, bro, it really depends on who you're dealing with. But the wrestler has to be smart enough to know how to deal with that individual. That, that, that's the key, bro. Everybody's different. Everybody's working. Everybody else, you got to know how to work people. So speaking of, of knowing how to, how to work people and, and working crowds, we're obviously in a strange time. There's no crowd to, to be working. Uh, and we're seeing WWE and AEW both trying these empty arena situations. I guess first and foremost, easy kind of easy layup question, maybe not a layup question, but easy question. Are they doing a good job? Which ones do, who's doing the best job right now? This empty arena situation, bro. It's in your awful. opinion, it's got awful. It's awful. It's, it's, it's perhaps the, the worst thing I've ever seen. It is God awful. The sad thing is there are things that they could do that they are not doing. Get the frig out of that building. Uh, shoot some character pieces, shoot some story pieces, give everyone in your, you know, everybody in the company has an iPhone. They can all shoot stuff on their own and send it in. The biggest flaw, bro, with both of these companies, because it's the wrestling bubble, the biggest flaw 
is them not dealing with the issue at hand. That's the biggest flaw. The shows should be about, you know, wrestling companies, companies, people, human beings that are trying to deal with this virus like everybody else. That should be the backdrop of the shows. The fact that they're trying to put on these shows and we are supposed to ignore what's going on around us, it just shows how just how ingrained they are in the wrestling bubble. And 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 that's where they don't have a clue. Guys, my, my example is they just started playing baseball again in Korea. Okay. The games are on ESPN. The announcers are are doing the, you know, are are announcing the show from their home. And they keep bringing on different guests throughout the show. And they're talking about how this virus has affected baseball. How's it affected the players, the families? They make it real. Meanwhile, you put wrestling on. They're wrestling in front of nobody. They're they're still selling to a crowd that's not even there and it's embarrassing and i don't feel sorry for them because there's so many other things they could try to do that they're not doing yeah we had this discussion in a couple episodes in the monday night raw after show especially with the influx of newer talent to fill in some of the gaps there about how do you get over quote unquote where there's no crowd to engage with i mean is that something that's even possible or no, they look that differently it's not it's not broken you know vince mcmahon made this statement because somebody in one of these conference calls said you know why are you why are the raw ratings in the shitter and Vince himself, oh, we got a lot of new talent. They were just putting them on the TV for the first time. After a while, they'll get over. Vince McMahon knows better than that. Bro, you don't get anybody over by what they do in the ring, especially when they're doing it in a ring in front of nobody. You, bro, you're going to sit there and tell me you're going to Garza and Theory and Andrade over by just putting them out there to wrestle every week. That's not how you get people over, bro. The only people that care about the wrestling matches are the people that are watching now. That's the only people that care. You know, last week, WWE did 1.6 million people. You're never going to grow your audience with wrestling alone. Vince knows that. He's just making excuses because he's got to say something about the ratings, you know, being in the shitter. Yeah, yeah. The um, now speaking of all this, I think that's actually a fantastic uh, thing you mentioned about actually addressing the, what's going on with the coronavirus and and them filming it and and people dealing with it. Um, and I've also always thought that you know you've always been big on that. And I just want to say, a lot of people right now who have been critical of you in the past are also the same people saying that we need more stories and development of mid carders, tag teams 
women's wrestling and all sorts of stuff. So I think you get a win on that. I'm just going to throw that out there. But I want to. Here's a perfect example. Let me just throw this at you real quick. I'm reading the headline today. Sami Zayn being stripped of the Intercontinental title. Now, we've heard stories of Sami Zayn is one of those guys that does not want to go work in these conditions. Okay, bro, can we interview Sami Zayn? Like, are you kidding me? If they're talking to Sami Zayn and and, and we're talking about, bro, you're going to be forced now to give up this title. You've made a statement. You don't want to go to the arena. Bro, I'm interested in what Sami Zayn has to say. He's a human being. He has a family. Now he's being stripped of something which, you know, bro, he doesn't know if he's going to return to a job. I want to hear that. That's interesting to me. But, but bro, you're going to put on an... 18-minute fake fight where we already know who's going to win the match, and that's supposed to be more interesting to me than something that's real? Come on, man. To to, to play devil's advocate, though, if if, if I'm with the WWE or AEW, is there something, some part of me saying, I don't want to be talking about this. I don't want people who are already talking to say, yeah, you shouldn't be operating right now. Close it all down. By talking about it, doesn't that kind of create more of those conversations? No, because there are some people pro and con. No no matter what stance you take, bro, it's going to be 50-50 pro and con. What that's going to generate is is a conversation. What that's going to generate is debate. What that's going to generate is more people watching the show because – this is interesting now. So like you said, bro, if if that's Sammy's viewpoint, bro, you got Graves sitting there. That could give a whole other viewpoint. You see what I'm saying? So like either yeah. way, bro, there are going to be people pro. There are going to be people con. Uh, but it is going to be television that is captivating and interesting and you're going to want to see. And a lot of the ways that the wrestling companies are trying to address this problems through the use of the so-called cinematic matches. Thoughts about those? The Boneyard match, uh, the, the last heartbeat between Tremonso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano. Different flavors, same thing, single cam. Thoughts about that? that uh, bro, I'm all for that. I, you, they, they're trying something yes. different. I am all for that. Even though, bro, I mean, listen, I, um, I, I, I like Cena and Bray. Um, I saw a little bit of the boneyard. I didn't see it all, but I know I'd like that. But I mean, my God, mm-hmm. bro, the money in the bank. Like, I mean, this had Vince Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard written all over it with food fights and pies <laughs> in the face and, you know, going in the bathroom and, you know, Keystone cops chasing each other through – I mean, my God, bro, like, come on, man. Like, the the WWE is so bad at comedy that it's embarrassing. I mean, if you're above the age of 10 and you're watching this, it's like, bro, come on. But I, I give them credit for trying something new and different. And that's what they need to do. 
So trying something new and different. This is something I'm really excited to ask you about. Uh, you're obviously part of the WWE. You later went to WCW where you were sort of back and forth with them for a bit. TNA, back and forth with them for a bit. I want to talk to you about your process or your decision making or what you go through when you decide whether or not you're going to stand your ground on something or whether you're going to just, as said before, yes, sir, no problem. Um, do you have something you go through like when someone says Vince we want you to do this and you don't agree with it is it always my way or the highway or do you kind of have a process for if that makes sense where you say no I'm, I'm sticking to my guns for you personally oh I think we lost I think we, we you're muted okay there, are there you. we I'm go sorry about that I will yeah. always stick to my guns. I, I I will always stick. And bro, listen, I'm gonna be honest with you. As a New Yorker, I, I'm gonna win nine out of ten arguments. Oh yeah. Um. So like, when, when I strongly, strongly, strongly believe something, I am going to stick to my guns. And bro, when it when it don't work, fine, bro. I I I made a mistake. I have no problem saying that. But. I, I will fight for something I believe in. That's that's something that I've always always appreciated uh, about you. I always appreciate that attitude about anyone. The, the people who are willing to back themselves over just saying yes or no problem, even though sometimes it's a harder decision in uh, in practice than it is in theory, uh, for sure. Um, you had mentioned baseball earlier. I know Flobo, you're not only from New York as well, but you're also a big baseball fan. Yeah, I represent the other side. I'm a Mets fan, uh, <laughs> born and raised. Uh, I, I know the whole game has changed, especially with MLB The Show. I mean, SNY is playing virtual games, and and Carrie Keith and Ron are are commentating matches. As a sports fanatic, I guess, how's that changed for you? Is that like the way of the future here? Is it a stopgap measure? Is it not going away? What's up? Man, it's killing me, first of all, no baseball. And I'm not a Yankee fan. I'm a Giant fan because my father was a New York Giant fan from the polo okay. Browns. No baseball is killing me. You know, bro, it, it, it's like funny, like just the whole wrestling industry and, you know, like wrestling fans going irate because there's no fans in the stands and this, that, and the other thing. I read it every day. And I'm like, bro, nobody loves baseball more than me. I, I miss baseball so much. It's a part of my life. There is definitely a huge gaping hole there right now because I would be watching baseball. But God, bro, I don't want anybody going back to work if it's going to be unsafe, if anybody could get sick. I, I, I don't want that at all. So like, I, I am willing to sit here and wait patiently until you know you know everybody feels okay if we do it this way it's going to be safe whether there's fans or no fans whatever the case may be but um god you know bro i don't i i don't know i i think the nba man really i think the nba nba made a bad decision and set a horrible precedent bro when they they literally ended the season in the middle of a game and I really, really feel like, bro, they um, they just dumped, they just jumped the gun way too quickly. Uh, you know, it forced the NHL to follow suit. It 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 started, you know, just snowballing into snow sports. 
I, I just wish they would have thought it out a little bit more. I really feel that that knee-jerk reaction has led to where we are now. It's, I, I have to agree because it felt like, just for me my, personally, I remember when I first heard that they closed down the NBA. It felt like it was nothing was real until that happened, and then suddenly it hit everybody all at once. And this is a really big, serious uh, thing. Yeah, everything shut down basically right yeah, after because, that. Because now, now you're asking the question, and, and what, what, was it Flo, Flo Boy? <laughs> There's no why. Flobo. 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 Flobo, you know, just brought up a very important point. Bro, I think it is so important that baseball comes back because if it doesn't, you've got to ask yourself, is it ever going to come back then? Uh, you, you know, you, you literally, bro, at some point, it's either going to come back or never going to come back. Bro, I don't think there's many people that believe that the coronavirus is just going to go away. I think there are people that, you know, it, bro, it's going to be here and it's going to be around. So it's like, okay, are, are we going to learn to live with this? Or are we just going to shut everything down? So I think it's very, very important what comes out of MLB right now. Yeah, it's, someone's got to be the first to open back up. One of these leagues has to be the first to say, we'll be the ones to do it. It'll be fascinating to see which one of them does. Something that's been gaining some steam lately is, uh, is eSports and uh, simulated types of sporting events. Is that something that you think could ever catch on? Do you think that maybe – Maybe not with this generation, with the next generation. Do you think there's any, there's any life to that, or is that just something that is here for the now? As a sports well, fan you yourself, know what it'll um today's society, man. I, I, I listen. I, I'm not gonna. I cannot sit here and predict to you what what can and cannot be over to a 20 year old. I saw <laughs> something for the first time yesterday that blew me away. Okay, I this is yeah. a true story. Bro, I'm so desperate for sports, anything. I, I mean, I'm watching Korean baseball, 3.30 in the morning. But, bro, on ESPN last night, they had cornhole championships. Okay? <laughs> so, bro, like, okay, you know what? I'm going to watch this because I'll take anything at this point. But here's what I couldn't believe. So, bro, there's these cornhole championships. The guys are wearing the mask, but, bro, they look like they're – 17 18 year old kids you can't really tell with the masks but mm -hmm. bro I, I never thought i'd see this in my life in a sporting event they're shooting the they're shooting these guys on tv right bro they got their mask they're playing cornhole bro the camera's on the guy he's ready to throw the beanbag all of a sudden he takes his phone out of his pocket and starts texting somebody and I'm like, bro, I swear to God, I thought I saw everything. I've never seen anybody in the middle of a sporting event take out their phone. So, bro, I have no idea. To me, would it be the same? Absolutely not. But to, to this younger generation, why not? Do you find yourself doing the same thing I do where you'll watch a sport like cornhole that you don't know anything about, but then 20 minutes later, you're like, 
he really needs to keep his head in the game, not be on his cell phone and like, <laughs> you know, everything about it. Uh, bro, I, I, I got to be honest with you. 20 minutes later, I was like, bro, this sucks. <laughs> I tried, I tried watching the cornhole, but bro, like I, I I'm going to go back to Korean baseball. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, speaking of, of, going back to different places, you've got uh, a lot of stuff going on right now. You've got the brand, you've got uh, coffee, you've got all sorts of things going on. I want to start off with the brand first. You're part of the Realm Network. How does that work? Are you like a channel within the Realm or how, what's your relationship with them? And, and well, the, I'm, I'm, about I'm, the brand. I'm, yeah, I'm like a, the brand is like a channel within Realm because, you know, man, you know, the brand really consists of I mean, God, we have like 15 to 20 shows. You know, we, we've got a mm -hmm. lot of a lot of people who are in the wrestling industry. A lot of people have their own shows. I mean, I, I can't even remember them all anymore. You know, Disco Inferno, Stevie Richards, you know, Shane Douglas, just incredible. Stevie Ray from, uh, you know, um, uh, Harlem Heat. Harlem you know, Heat, Francine, yeah. You know, Fr Francine from ECW is on there. You know, Taylor Hendricks, who's an independent wrestler. Mm -hmm. We've got so many different personalities on uh, Russo'sBrand.com. And, yeah, we're, we're just we're, – we're a station within the Realm Network. Yeah, I was actually checking out some of the episodes. Uh, one of the recent ones, uh, Crash Rating the Marks. I thought was pretty yeah. interesting. Uh, yeah. What's it mean to be a mark today? And is, does that – do they still tick you off? Are they still trolling you all on live streams? Bro, tick me off. It, tick tick is really they don't piss me off at all i literally feel sorry for them because it's 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 really a level of being pathetic and 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 i'll tell you i'll tell you what the what the line is listen flow bowl flow bowl bowl or boy flow yeah, bowl, bowl. yeah flow bowl. Bowl. yeah why is that so hard for me to say flow bowl flow bowl okay never boy, mind flow. The last name that's throwing you off okay <laughs> Listen, I'm a mark for a lot of things. I have no problem saying I'm a mark for this. I'm a mark for that. I'm a mark for so many things. Cornhole. Well, yeah, not cornhole. You know, <laughs> bro, like what a mark is like, what a mark means is I will give you my money. I will support you. I will be loyal to you. I, I mean, that's what being a mark is. To me, the wrestling mark is when you cross over that line of being obsessed with it, okay? When, when you hate Vince Russo, a guy that you don't even know, you've never met, you've never had a conversation with, when you hate me because of the way I wrote a television show, you are obsessed with wrestling. And I don't think, bro, it is healthy to be obsessed with anything. And there are a lot of people out there, you know, uh, you know, wrestling fans, dirt sheet writers that literally are obsessed. I mean, it's it's 24 seven. Nothing else is important. They live and die by it. And I, I just think that's sad. I think it's bad. And I think it's when you're putting that much of an emphasis on something that does not matter at all, 
you probably are not paying attention to the important things in your life. So when I castrate the marks, honestly, <laughs> I'm trying to school them. And I'm trying to say, you idiots, this shit is not important. It's a television mm -hmm. show. It's fake. They're making the shit up. It is not important. That's what I'm trying to tell them because what's going to happen is they're going to find that out sooner or later. E either it's going to be, you know, unfortunately, it's going to something bad's going to happen in their lives. You know, maybe somebody passes away. Uh, you know, uh, something bad is going to happen where they're going to realize, holy shit, man, in the grand scheme of things, wrestling really doesn't matter. I'm just trying to tell them that now because, you know, again, man, to just be obsessed, it's just, it's not healthy, man. Yeah, I've always said the great thing about pro wrestling is it lets you take a few hours to care about something that doesn't matter at all. But uh, A few hours, a few hours, not your life. Yes, and, and so I, I want to go back to just the overall brand. A lot of people set out to make podcasts or make shows but the fact that you have a channel with multiple shows, was that always the goal uh, when you set out to do that? Or did it kind of evolve naturally as you were just nah, doing bro, it was, shows on your it own? Was always, it was always the goal. And my main goal was, I had a couple of goals. Number one, when you talk about dreams, okay? Mm -hmm. Bro, I didn't want to get it. I didn't have a dream to get in the wrestling business. I, I did not have a dream at all. I was a fan of wrestling. I enjoyed wrestling growing up. I was not one of these guys that like, oh my God, I've got to get in the wrestling business. Bro, maybe I felt that way about baseball. If, if I could work for MLB, but what I really wanted to do was, bro, I wanted to get into radio. Like I love mm -hmm. radio. To this day, I love radio. So podcasting is an extension of radio. But my, my second goal was, I know how hard it is for a lot of these wrestlers to make income once their wrestling days are over. And I mm -hmm. wanted to be able to have a platform where wrestlers would be able to talk about their careers themselves, what interests them, and make a little bit of money doing it. So the fact that I've got like probably 10 to 15 wrestlers on payroll that I could pay a little bit of money that that to me was really the main reason why I started the network. So, you know, they, they wouldn't have to get in a ring when they were 60 years old. Maybe there were other platforms out there for them to make a little bit of money. So I'm very, very, very happy about that. Yeah, great. Speaking of joint ventures, can I talk about the brosters for a second? Is your face Absolutely. on a, a flavor of coffee? How did that start? And uh, was that you have a choice in hand of the, what roast was Russo's face going to adorn? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, bro, as a shoot, there's a company in upstate New York. It's called thebrosters.com. And um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge coffee mark. I, like, <laughs> I think coffee is the only thing. I, I cannot give up coffee. I, I can't. And I wouldn't want to, you know, I drink a lot of coffee and they, they asked me if I would, you know, kind of be like the face of their brand because the name of the company is Brosters. And I honestly <laughs> said, guys, without a shadow of a doubt, I'm like, bro, I got to taste the coffee first. 
because I'm I'm not I, I love coffee. I'm not going to put my name on shit. And these guys sent me the coffee. And, and bro, I got to be honest with you, it was the best coffee I ever tasted. As a matter of fact, bro, the coffee is so good that I, like I ration it. I, I don't drink it every morning because I don't want to go through it that quickly. I ration the coffee because it is like the best coffee I've ever tasted. And you guys could try it out. It's thebrosters.com, but it, it's a tremendous product. I am definitely going to try that out because coffee is one of those things. There's certain drinks. There's like like champagne. There's there's like having a beer and then having a coffee where sometimes it's more than just the drink and, and the caffeine, but there's just something visceral about coffee that just feels good. It feels, it's great to drink. I'm the same as you. I'm one of those, I drink coffee all day kind of guys. Uh, uh, but you, you, you've, uh, I, I saw on your Twitter account, uh, you are a big fan of vinyl. Uh, yeah. Funny enough, Flobo and I both have a background in DJing ourselves. So vinyl and music and things like that. Uh, are right up our alley. How did you get into collecting vinyl? And what's your what's your prize piece of uh, vinyl? Man, bro, I um I love vinyl. I I love music, bro. I love all kinds of music. I mean, all kinds of music. I I, I go back to like way before my grandparents' era. And bro, I listen to Billie Eilish, so that's kind of like the, the spectrum. <laughs> I've got about 3,000 records right now in my collection. I've got a store on eBay uh, called mm -hmm. Venom Vinyl. Uh, I'll, I'll sign the albums for you and everything. And, bro, it's not a it on it. If you go on Venom Vinyl, you will see. I charge like nothing for the records. I, I, I'm mm -hmm. just trying to share them with people because I, I just think vinyl is great. I think it's tremendous. I think it's a great hobby. Um, if you ask me, man, I, bro, I've got so much stuff in my collection, stuff from you know, when I was a kid, you know, like freaking Yogi Bear records and Top Cat records. I can go all the way back to my childhood. Bro, I got my original album from 1962, Alvin and the Chipmunks, Christmas 1962. But the nice. one thing I'm really proud of, guys, and this really tells you a lot about who I am. And I, you guys probably don't know who this is, but you need to check it out. When I was seven years old in 1968, I, act, I, I fell in love with a character that came on my TV set on Rowan and Martin's Laughing. 1968, I was seven. And a character came on that show by the name of Tiny Tim. Oh, yes. And Tiny the Tim. minute I saw this guy, bro, I'm telling you, <laughs> Tiny Tim was really the start of my wrestling career. Because I, I think we lost him. Oh, I think we got, uh, we got muted again. Yeah, I was saying, you know, Tiny Tim became the start of my wrestling career. I saw this guy. I never saw anything like him before. I fell in love with him. And like, bro, part of my collection is I think I've got every Tiny Tim album that was ever pressed. A lot of them are really, really hard to come by. 
But, um, you know, if you guys check out Tiny Tim, that will tell you a lot about my influence as a wrestling writer. He lived the gimmick. He li- <laughs> he did. Bro, I swear to God, you guys know who Bill Apter is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Bill Apter mm-hmm. actually met Tiny Tim on 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 a uh, on a bus in New York City before Tiny Tim made it. He was playing little clubs in Greenwich Village, and Apter met him before he was anybody. And Apter said, because he knows I'm a Mark, he told me the story. He goes, "Bro, that was him. Like that that was who he was." But yeah, bro, I'm 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 a gimmick Mark. If you're a gimmick, you're over with me. And he, to me, <laughs> he was the gimmick of all time. <laughs> so something something I'm really taken away about you that I haven't heard people talk about is that you're someone who definitely needs to to feel something from different things. I think about uh, not just from the wrestling, but like with with the with the records, you can feel the sound as soon as the needle hits a record. With coffee, you can kind of feel what you're drinking talking about how wrestling should interact with, not interact with, but uh, present how things are happening with the coronavirus and things right now. You know, a lot of people throw words to describe you like crash TV and things, but personally, I'm just going to say, I think you're someone, again, we've we've had this one, one hour conversation. I think you're someone that needs to feel things. Am I, am I wrong? Bro, it's the truth because again, if you go back to the attitude era, okay, Bro, my, my, my favorite, you know, my favorite artist and bro, keep in mind, I'm, I'm going to be 60. She's half my age, bro. I love freaking Rihanna. Why do I love her? First of all, bro, I think she's the most beautiful woman in the world. Let me put that aside. That's not why I like her. Yeah. Yeah. Bro, the attitude, her freaking attitude the way she sings you look at her freaking music videos the way she presents herself it's all about the freaking attitude bro that's what i love i love people that bro i i i told you guys a couple of minutes ago freaking billy eilish bro you know what i like you know what i'm drawn to i'm drawn to People that aren't like everybody else. That's why, bro, we have Mm -hmm. wrestlers today coming out of the factory. And and what do Mm -hmm. they do, bro? They look like wrestlers. They act like wrestlers. They talk like wrestlers. Bro, they're a dime a dozen. I like the Billie Eilish. This girl isn't afraid to dress the way she dresses, you know, to have an opinion at such a young age. I love people that are different. That's what drew me to wrestling as a kid. That still draws me to wrestling today. And we are getting further and further and further away from that. When, when, when television viewers turn on their TV They want to see television stars. I don't want to see my next door neighbor. I don't want to see vanilla. I want to see people where I'm sitting there and I'm saying, that's somebody. That person is interesting. I want to learn more about that guy. 
That's what every television viewer wants. And that's what wrestling is just getting further and further and further away from. I think that is absolutely true. And I think that's something you are. And that's why you have stood the test of time amongst all wrestling fans and why you're still an interesting and great interview to have today. Uh, I know that uh, you've got some other things going on, so I want to be respectful of your time. Before we wrap up, though, Vince, can you let the world know where they can find you online or any other things that you're working on or uh, anything like that? Yeah, I'll tell you guys a couple of things. You know, I have two channels and we have two completely different menus of shows. You know, our, our show started 75 cents a week, guys. I mean, I know, you know, there are people that have never, ever been in the business and they charge $12.99 a month. We, we charge 75 cents a week. So you can go to Russo'sBrand.com. That's, that's one menu. The other menu is um, Patreon.com forward slash Russo TWC. Guys, I'm on Twitch all week long where I talk like this to who, whoever is on there. I'm one of the people. I love to talk to everybody. My Twitch is twitch.tv forward slash Vince Russo Live. You could check that out. And on Twitter, I am at the Vince Russo. That, that pretty much sums it up. Send him his right. bits. Send me the bits, bro. Send me the bits. Send in the bits. Well, thank you again so much for being on the show. And I also want you to know, bro, on Twitter, speaking of bits, Flobo. (laughs) Yeah, it's me. I don't know if you've ever gone on my Twitch, but Flobo, I want to tell you how I earn my bits. And I, I promise you, there is nobody else in the entire wrestling business doing this. Flobo, do you know how I earn my bits on Twitch? Uh, how about you tell us? <laughs> I do live karaoke on Twitch. <laughs> wow. Live karaoke, Ooh. bro. They tell me they tell me what song they want. I tell them that is going to cost you 500 bits. They give me the 500. I go into my karaoke club. Yeah. I play the music, and I do live karaoke on Twitch. How many bits will be jukebox hair by Foreigner? I'm just curious. Bro, 500. That's it. 500. No matter what. 500. I'll do anything. 500 bits. Let's do this. Real, real quick before we go, what's your, uh, what's your go-to song for karaoke when you get to choose? My go-to song is probably, um, for a couple of reasons, the greatest singer who was ever born with the greatest voice. I love to do anything Steve Perry uh, of Journey Ooh. because I butcher it too. <laughs> so that, that, that is usually my favorite. A lot of it is a homage to the great uh, Steve Perry. I'm more of a salt and pepper shoot guy. Flobo, what, about, what do you sing and what is your, uh, uh, what's, where can they find you online? Oh, uh, it's definitely uh, Kryptonite by Three Doors Down. But you can follow me online on Twitter <laughs> at Flobo Boys and Instagram at Flopito and Flobito.com. I also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Flobo Boys. Bonus podcasts are there all the time. And you're, and also, is- uh, he, you're also in the uh, documentary Last Dance, uh, which can be seen <laughs> on ESPN, guys. Check me. that out. Flobo is on that. <laughs> and my name is Jack Farmer. You can find me at jackcfarmer.com as well as at Real Jack Farmer across all social media. Also do the After Buzz shows for Raw and AEW Dynamite. 
as well as host a show with Flobo over here called Jack and Flobo Wrestle With Your Questions every Thursday as well. Vince, one more time, I can't thank you enough. I appreciate you so much taking the time to chat with us. Uh, it's very appreciated. And to everyone watching and listening, until next time, folks, do your best and be yourself. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.